Amen. Good singing this morning. And as uh, you're being seated and the choir's coming down, either open up your uh, Bible app or turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 8. And we're going to begin in verse 41. And Jason, I think I had a typo and may have said that start in 31. If I did, just moved to verse 41. Luke chapter 8 and verse 41. As we look to uh, God's Word together this morning. Luke chapter 8 and verse 41. This morning I'm beginning a, a new series called Healer. And so the next few weeks we're going to be looking at God's Word about healing. And healing comes to us for different needs in our life. There are obviously physical healings that are needed sometimes. There are also emotional healings and there are mental healings. There are things that just come into our life from different directions and circumstances that can cause hurt. And we need healing from it. Matter of fact, uh, if you look at the cover of your bullet or look at the uh, projection up there on the uh, theme that I'm using for healer, you'll notice that there's a heart and there's a mind and there's a hand. And that represents the heart represents healing emotionally where your heart has been hurt and you're struggling there. And through this series, somehow God through the scriptures and through the messages is going to Bring healing to someone's heart where they have been hurt emotionally. You see the picture of the mind or the brain and it reminds us of mental things that we're dealing with. Where we might need healing where something is consuming our mind or where there are issues in our life that are mentally consuming us and we need healing mentally. And then the hand represents that physical where there's just something in our life that has been physically ailing in us and we need physical healing. And the great thing is that through God's Word, He has the ability to bring healing in our lives. So we're going to look at healer and what God's Word has to say about bringing healing in our life. And as we look together in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 41, this morning I want to begin the first message about healing, about healing when all hope is lost. Healing when all hope is lost. We're going to look at two people in the scriptures this morning that in their particular situations, it looked like healing was not going to occur. That the hope for healing had been lost. The good news is that they come in contact with Jesus and they both experience healing. Even though, according to everyone else's thoughts, you might as well just hang it up. No healing was coming. And there may be some in here today that in some area of your life, emotionally or mentally or physically, it seems like that all hope is lost. But I'm telling you this morning that through God's Word, we'll find healing in your time of need. Let's look at Luke chapter 8 and beginning in verse 41. I'm reading this out of the New King James translation. And beginning in verse 41 of Luke 8, it says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus... And he was a ruler of the synagogue. So here's a man that had spiritual connections. A man that was thought of for his spiritual leadership. And this man says that he fell down at Jesus' feet and he begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, his only child, a daughter. She was about 12 years of age and she was dying. The word that was used in the Greek language that's translated dying meant that she was not only in the process of dying, but her prognosis was death with no hope. 
And so he comes to Jesus knowing that everyone who has looked upon his only daughter, who is 12 years old, is saying, she's a goner. There's no hope for her. There's nothing left we can do. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him, meaning Jesus. And now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. I want to pause there for just a second because when we read the Scripture, some translations may have the border of his garment or the hem of his garment. And our minds associate when we look at the bottom of our pants or our dresses or our skirts or our shirts And we think of the stitching where the cloth has been rolled over and stitched together and it's just a hem. But if we were to really study what was truly here, the word that was used there was craspidon, which means that it was the tassels. So the garment that she's reaching out and touching is not just a hemmed up cloth, but as we'll see in just a moment, it's the tassels which carries significant meaning in the garment that Jesus was wearing. And as she touched it, immediately her flow of blood stopped after 12 years of no hope. Verse 45 says, And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes thrown and press you. Meaning the crowd is enormous, Lord, and they're all as close and tight as they can get around you. And you're asking, who touched you? It's kind of like, if we were to think of it, that you've been to the Super Bowl game of the Falcons playing, and you're there rooting the Falcons on, and then they lose it at the end, and you're with the massive crowd going out, and you say, somebody touched me. (laughs) And people around you be going, everybody's touching you. It's that type of crowdedness. So they said, Master, the multitude's thrown and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But verse 46, but Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. So Jesus revealing, it's not just somebody bumped me or somebody just touched my body, but he said, Something happened. Power was drawn from me. Verse 47 says, Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason that she had touched him and how she, had, she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith, here's what Jesus said, it's your faith that has made you well. Go in peace. Verse 49 says, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. Remember Jairus that we just mentioned earlier in the scripture? Someone from his house comes to where he is trying to get to Jesus, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Can you imagine in that moment, he's there with his last hope. He knows that the prognosis for his daughter is she is in the process of dying and there's no hope for her. Nobody can do anything. He's come to Jesus for his last attempt, hope that maybe she could be healed. And someone comes from his house and says, don't bother him. She's dead. She's gone. It's over. 
Verse 50 says, But when Jesus heard it, He answered him saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. Obviously everyone was saddened and broken about the fact that life had left her. And so they're all weeping and mourning. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. Now notice this. Verse 53, it says, And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. Here they're going from mourning and weeping to Jesus saying, Don't weep for her. She, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And they're going, What? Don't do this to this family. Don't give them a false hope. She's dead. We know the life is left her. Verse 54 says, But he put them all outside took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. And then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. I can just imagine her mom and dad at that point. And he commanded that she be given something to eat, and her parents were astonished. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. I think you can pretty clearly see that in these scriptures. A 12-year-old who is a point of death, And a woman who had been battling a blood issue for 12 years were in hopeless situations. And it seemed like that there was no answer to their situation that they were looking at and dealing with. And yet they took their last ditch shot at it and see if Jesus can't do something for us. And you know in these scriptures we find what causes people to have their hope lost. But we also find where you can find the answer and find hope in your time of healing. As I look through these scriptures, what causes people to feel that all hope is lost? One of the things that I see in these scriptures is that will cause someone to feel like that all hope is lost is when weakness has physically set in. When you just feel like that life is gone and that you're drained. In the scriptures, it talks about Jairus, and he goes, and he knows that he has just last seen his daughter, and her physical life appears to be actually going and seeping out of her. She is at a point of death. Physical weakness had left the body. We can look at the woman who had been dealing with this blood issue for 12 years, and she was at the point of just total exhaustion, total weakness. And when we get at a point in our life when we're just kind of physically exhausted, that we're weakened physically, we feel like that there's no hope. I don't have any strength to go on. I don't feel like fighting this anymore. There's a deadness, just like this young girl was experiencing. There's a deadness that kind of sets in. She was physically coming to the point of death, but in our lives, sometimes mentally, there's kind of a deadness because of the mental battles that we've been facing in situations. Sometimes there's a deadness because of emotional battles that we've been fighting. I've, I've put all of my being into this. I, am, I feel like a rag that's just been soaked and just wrung every drip and drop out of me. And when you get a point like that, you feel like all hope is lost. I just don't have any energy to go. I don't have anything to put into it. I don't have any fight left in me. 
That's where this woman and the 12-year-old were. were. Life was kind of just gone. Weakness physically. Another thing that I see that causes people to lose hope is when time hasn't caused anything to change. You know, sometimes, how many of you have ever heard the expression, time heals? Most all of us have. That, you usually hear that expression when maybe someone has lost a loved one and somebody will say, it'll take some time, but time will heal. Meaning, right now it hurts the worst, and right now it's the most difficult to deal with, but over a period of time, you'll, you'll kind of adjust, and, and things will kind of get into a different routine, time will heal. When you've been hurt by someone who has hurt you, with someone that you really cared about, and, and they've hurt you deeply, I mean, it's gone into the depths of your bone and marrow. And then sometimes you think, well, I'll get over this eventually. Time will heal me. For this woman, she'd been going for 12 years with this blood issue. Time hadn't healed her. The young girl was at a point of death. She didn't have much time left. So for the man and for the woman, for Jairus, looking at his daughter that's about at the point of death, time was gone. For the woman who had been dealing with this illness for 12 years, this blood issue, time hadn't made any changes. And so she doesn't see time as healing. And so when time has gone by and nothing seems to have changed, and sometimes that can be in relationships. You, you, you've kind of thought, okay, all right, we're going to give this a try and maybe things are going to get better. And time has gone by and nothing's got any better. Time hasn't changed anything. And you finally get to a point you just think, there's no hope. Time hasn't changed anything. Nothing has got any better. Sometimes we lose hope because of people who have caused distractions in our life. We lose our hope because we've kind of put hope into someone or some situation. You see, as we look to these scriptures, this woman was trying to get to Jesus, wasn't she? Jairus, can you imagine how urgent he felt? He comes and he's trying to find Jesus and the crowd of people, as the Bible says in this translation, the New King James, that they have throned him. Another translation says they have pressed against him, meaning the mass of the crowd is so huge and they are so tied against Jesus that someone coming in late doesn't have any hope to get to him. And so Jairus, as he's coming in, he comes in and he sees all the people and he's thinking, "How i got to get to Jesus now. But look at all the people. For the woman that's got the blood issue, She's feeling like, I need to talk to Jesus. I need to explain to him what's going on. And maybe he can touch me and heal me. And, and the crowd of people is so massive that she can't seem to get to him. And she finally thinks, if I can just, if I can reach through the crowd and somehow if I can get a hold of those tassels, the hem of his garment, then maybe I can get. But the crowd is so massive. People can distract us from a sense of hope. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever had someone in your family that maybe has a rare situation or maybe they've got some illness and, and they're getting weaker and weaker and they're to the point of death and then someone comes to visit and they're there to encourage you and lift you up and be there for you and you tell them what's going on and say, oh yeah, I had an uncle that died of that. 
Thank you for it. Would you mind going visit somebody else? People can distract us from our hope. Physically, people were distracting Jairus and also the lady from getting to Jesus. But in our lives, sometimes it's a comment somebody makes and they have distracted us from having hope. Sometimes it's by the attitude of someone else that you're kind of putting your hope in and they distract you from getting hope. People can distract us from our hope and cause us to feel like all hope is lost. Sometimes financial exhaustion can cause us to feel like all hope is lost. If you look to these scriptures and look at some of the other translations in the other gospels, it's very clearly spelled out that not only had this woman had this blood issue for 12 years, but it tells us that she had been seeing physicians. And if you look at all the gospels, basically it says this, that she's been seeing one doctor after another doctor, and nobody has brought healing to her life. It tells us that she had spent all that she had. All of her finances were drained. She couldn't pay anybody else to do anything for her. And sometimes we get to a point in our life that financial exhaustion can cause us to feel like hope is lost. It might not be that you've been trying to get healing physically and paying doctor's bills. Sometimes that's true. But, and I have known people that have had physical issues and they thought, you know, if I could just get this done, I... I People say that this can make a difference in your life, but I just don't have insurance. I don't have the finances. My finances are exhausted. People lose hope in their life because of just don't have the finances to meet their physical needs. I don't have enough money to pay all the bills that are coming through. And so financial exhaustion can get to a person to that point that they feel like hope is lost. I'm not going to get any healing in my life. And as I mentioned also, previous failures can make us feel like all hope is lost. As I mentioned about the woman who had been seeing all the different physicians and still no change. Nobody has brought her any help. Nobody has brought her any hope. And so when she looked at everything, all her previous experiences were failure after failure after failure. And when you've experienced it over and over again, You will get to a point in your life sometimes that you just feel like no hope is there. There have been people that have tried relationships. And it's been failure after failure and they feel like no hope is there. There's been only a couple times, I've had a couple times over the years that I have known people that they are just lousy at picking relationships with people. And there's been, I think twice that I've told people told two people in, in time that uh, I've been pastor, you know, why don't you just let us pick you out somebody? Because you're not doing too good at it. It's been a time to everyone say, and what you picked out right now, I don't see too good odds for you. Previous failures can make us feel like there is no hope. But yet I said in these scriptures, we see that Jairus' daughter is healed. This woman with 12 years of the blood issue, she is healed. So where can we find hope? What is it that for these two that we can learn from them that made a difference? There are two things that are pretty obvious from these scriptures. Actually, three things. One of them that you'll see if you look at the uh, scripture and you look at uh, verse... uh, 
verse 48, where Jesus said to the woman after she said what had happened to her, he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. One of the things that will obviously make a difference to bring healing in our life is faith. The word that was used there is the word pistis. And the word pistis in the Greek language was the word that was used to mint. Matter of fact, it was a noun which meant it's my substance. When Jesus said, your faith has made you whole or made you well, basically what Jesus was saying is, the word you have centered everything in your hope and your belief and your confidence and your trust, where that is, that is what has healed you. Now, where was that for that woman? It was for Jesus, wasn't it? She had all her hope, her faith, all her substance was centered around Jesus. And so faith like that, when you have true faith that is grounded in something that is real and genuine, and the only real genuine healing is Jesus in our lives, that can bring healing and will bring healing in your life. So this woman, as the Bible tells us, faith. Remember, faith is your total substance. But then I saw another thing that's mentioned. In this healing of the woman, the Lord said, your faith has made you well. But when the young lady was going to be raised, the 12-year-old girl, when she was going to be raised from the dead, Jesus didn't use the word faith. He used the word believe or a different word in the Greek language. In verse 50 it says, but when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. The word believe there was a verb. When Jesus said, your faith, a noun, what your substance is based on, was different when Jesus said, if only you believe, verb, action. What Jesus was saying there is there's faith and you have a substance that you're based on, but there's also the belief and that is your actions in motion. Jesus said, if you believe, well, Jesus was saying not only that you have faith in me, but your belief is in action right now. I'll do whatever you say. I'll do whatever it takes. My belief is in action. There is no doubt in my mind. That's what Jesus is basically saying. For the woman, she had confidence. There was a substance. For this man, Jesus is saying, let's put it into action. Believe. Put into action what's going to happen. So how do we find healing? Faith, you got to have the substance of everything, of all your trust, all your confidence in Jesus, but you also got to have belief. There's got to be some action that's taking on in your life. And it can't be just something to try it out and see if it works. It's got to be something that's real and genuine in your life. I remember this one lady came to me one time years ago, and she had someone that was close to her and her family that had been sick and looked like they were dying and she had prayed for them, and she came. She said, you know, I, I've tried. Listen to this. If you listen, say amen. She said this. She said, I've tried. I've tried praying. I've, I've tried this. I, I just want to come and get your opinion. Maybe I should try fasting. What do, you, what do you think about if I fasted, maybe that God would heal this person? What she said was, I tried. I tried. I'm thinking about trying this. You know what that is? 
That's not where my faith is centered. It's not my belief in action. It's just, let's give us some trial and error and see what works and what don't work. That's not true belief. When you believe, it's action that has no doubt about it. Now, I was glad to tell her how to fast, what fasting means, and where it is. But it's not just a trial thing. It's not, let's, okay, that didn't work. Check, scratch that off. Let's go to something else. No, it's, it's what I do and I know it's going to work. So there's not scratch it off. It's what I do. Belief is that action with no doubt about it. So we look at these scriptures and Jesus makes it pretty clear. Faith, the substance, the belief, action, that brings about healing, causes us to find hope. Connecting with Jesus, both of them felt like that they had to get near to Jesus. And that's the reality to find hope and healing in your life too is you need to get near to Jesus. It's not like you can stay far away from him and just at this moment say, do something for me. It's a matter of being near to Jesus. The last two things are kind of hidden in that statement that the woman made that she said, if I can just touch the border or the hem of his garment. I told you that that really, in the wording that was used in the original language, carried something much more. It was the word craspadon, which meant the tassels, the fringes. Now, if you got your Bible, I want you, if you would, to turn with me to Numbers chapter 15 and verse 37. I'm going to give you just a second to do that. Near the beginning of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 15 and verse 37. Don't hear the pages, so I assume we're getting there close. In some of your scriptures, it may have a heading right there that says, Tassels on Garments. Here's what it says. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations, which means I want this to keep going and going and going. And to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners, and you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry, which means they were spiritually going after other things and other gods. That you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. And that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Now at that point, the Jewish people at the garments, and it was primarily the men that would do this, at their end of their garments, they had these tassels. And they put that as they were instructed here to do because it would be a physical representation and reminder. Matter of fact, if you study some about it, you'll see that even they tied knots in those tassels to represent the number of things that God commanded to do not do and the things that he did tell them to do. They tied that number of knots around that. It's 600 and something. And 
So those tassels were around it, and the wording that it was used there was not border or hem, but it was tassels. So the Scriptures is telling us that the woman was thinking, if I can just reach out and touch those tassels, which represents God's Word, God's command, that I am the Lord your God. If I can reach out and touch that, she could have said, if I could just touch his sleeve or if I could just touch the sash. But no, she said, if I could just get under there and touch that. You know what that was representing? It was representing if I can just get under and get my life under God's word and God's command, under God's authority, then I can find healing. You know what? Many people lose out those are trying to find healing in their life, but they won't get their life under God's word and God's command and God's authority, and they don't find healing. I've been living my life just how I want to, and I, you know, but right now I need a touch from God. This woman, in the great wisdom that is given to us in God's word, is letting us know if you'll just put yourself under the authority. I can imagine, I want you to look at another scripture with me too, in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. Now we're going to the end of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2 is a verse that probably many of you have heard before. I'm going to flip there with you. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. Again, this is the very... End of the Old Testament. Malachi comes just before Matthew. But there's a scripture that probably many of you have heard before. This is what it says in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Now we can read that and we say, okay. That kind of represents like an eagle, it does. Healing in his wings, so the expansion of his arms. We can just get into his arms. There's a uniqueness, though, that kind of ties into the, what this woman did is the word knap. The word knap is the word that was used for his wings, which means the small little feathers on the end. The Bible is not saying that he is rising up with his arms with healing in all of his arms, but it's saying in the very tips of his wings. Why would he say that? Remember God said, at the very tip of your garment will be these tassels to remind you of my authority and my power. Put your life under my word, my commands, my authority. If you want to find healing in your life, you not only need to find what they found, and that is faith and belief and make a connection with God, but here's what it really comes down to, and that is getting yourself under God's word and God's authority. There's where you find healing. It's not about just, hey, I'll live my life however I want to, and God, come heal me. But it's saying, I'm going to submit my life and come back to the basics of God's word and God's authority, and I'm going to put myself under there. And there's where you find healing. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes.
You can do a lot of hype up about healing in a sermon and in the scriptures. But these people found healing by faith, a substance that they put all their faith in, believing, putting some action into it, making a connection with Jesus. But that woman, when she reached out and touched those tassels, she reminded us of theirs putting our life under the strength of God's word and the hope in God's authority. That brings healing. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand this morning, but if I were to ask some people, well, do you need some healing in your life? Emotionally, mentally, physically, I could imagine a lot of hands would go up. And we're going to find that hope through this series of healing. And if you're here today and you feel like hope has been lost, there is still hope for healing in your life. Just put your faith in the substance of Jesus. Believe, take action that is unwavering. Get as close and connected to Jesus as you can. And then put yourself under your life, under the authority of God's word, and you'll find hope there. Did you hear what I said? Put your life under the authority of God's word and his power for your life. You see, I think a lot of people are just kind of, I tried this, I tried that, but it didn't work. But they didn't truly have the faith and the belief. They didn't have that relationship with God. And they hadn't put their life under God's word and God's authority to bring the complete healing. This morning, I... Just wherever you are in your life, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical healing, would you just grasp what God's trying to give to you this morning? That is, it's not about trying me. It's about trusting me. It's not just about believing that there is a God, but putting some action into your belief. It's not just saying, okay, I read this verse in the Bible. I'm going to name it and claim it. No, it's about putting your life under the authority of God's word. Under the authority of God's power for healing. You see, those tassels represent authority. When, when David was in the cave and, and Saul came into the cave and he cut the end of his garment, that was those tassels that he cut. It was a representation by David that I have, I have cut into your authority. When that woman put her hand out and touched that, the very ends and cuts, touched those tassels, she was saying, I submit my life, I yield my life under the authority of God's word and under the authority of God's power. And that's where my hope is. This morning, I believe that if you've got a sense in your life that hope is lost. The Lord is saying, no, it's not lost. There's still hope for you. Just have faith, believe, get as close to me as you can, and then take your life and put it under the authority of my word and the authority of my power, and you'll find hope. Lord, I come to you this morning, and Lord, I don't know where everyone is. Lord, there may be some folks in here today that's still dealing with some some emotional feelings, some hurts deep into their heart. Maybe some things related to some relationships. 
might be something that somebody has done to damage them. But Lord, I, I believe that you're telling us this morning that if they feel like hope is lost, it's not about an emotional feeling that you say, woohoo, I feel better today. But it's about making a choice and a change to put your life under the authority of God's word and find hope there. To put your life under the authority of God's power. And there's where you'll find healing. So if you've been hurt in relationship, let me tell you, God wants to do a healing in your life. If you're dealing with some mental battles in your life right now, God wants to bring healing in your life. If you're physically struggling, God wants to bring healing in your life. But I think that God's trying to tell us today, let's get it right. Let's not just try an emotional feeling or try a fasting, but let's put all our substance in it. Lord, my prayer is right now, God, that you touch people where they are and with what they need. And for those who feel like hope is lost, may this morning be a point in their life they find that there is hope. Time hasn't changed it. People have distracted it. Finances may be exhausted, but they can know that hope is here. Lord, I ask you to bring hope in some lives today. In your name I pray.